why is that mustard seed mentioned twice? It must be important. What's the why behind that? We have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Let's process that mustard seed a little bit. You're listening to an episode of the She Chooses podcast. I'm Jessica Hartzell. I am just an everyday average woman. I'm a wife, a mom, an employee, someone who on the side loves to write and when the inspiration hits, drop a podcast every now and again. More than any of these things, though, I am a lover of Jesus Christ. I am a sinner saved by grace, a prodigal returned home to my loving Heavenly Father. I haven't always lived a life of faith. Actually, most of my life was spent as a Sunday morning only Christian. The kind where you listen to a sermon, check the box, move right on into the rest of your week doing whatever you want. I was desperately trying to fill a gaping hole that was inside of me. That is until my life hit rock bottom and God illuminated for me this power of choice and this gift he has given all of us called free will. This revelation he's given me has set my soul on fire and taken me to a place where all I want to do is help those of you who are just like me, stuck in the everyday checklists and motions and exchanging all of that for a life of purpose and authenticity. And it's all done by taking each moment, one choice at a time. Are you ready? Welcome to today's episode of the She Chooses podcast. Today, I want to talk about two beautiful parables that we find in the New Testament, one discussing overcoming the barriers and the impossibilities that we face, and the other removing bitterness and unforgiveness from our lives. Two different scenarios that possess the same mustard seed. Today's focus is talking about bitterness and unforgiveness, reasons why it's not okay for us to give ourselves permission to allow those roots to settle in our lives. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to share part of a message that I received from a She Chooses listener. This message is one that is the very reason I'm choosing to drop this episode over a topic that is so near and dear to my heart. It comes to us from this dear woman that I have not had the privilege to meet yet face to face, but one who has indeed touched my heart deeply. She found the She Chooses blog as she was searching for an image one day, attempting to put her feelings into words. So she mentions the words that she read were used to light up an area of her world that she didn't know existed. Have you guys ever had that happen to you? I know that I have. Roots of bitterness, they're the type that can go completely undetected by those that it's rooted itself within. I have had my own bouts with bitterness over the years, real struggles, and I I am so thankful that just like my sweet friend experienced, God shined a light in my own world in an area that I had no idea existed either, and he rocked my world by showing me how this eensy-weensy speck of faith had the ability to uproot it all and change my life completely. 
If you're interested in learning more, I encourage you right this moment to grab a notebook, maybe get a cup of coffee, grab some earbuds, and let's dive in. When I was in high school, I had a teacher that taught us if she told us something important, we would know it was important because she would say it multiple times. Hearing it multiple times was going to be our cue to listen and to take note because we were going to be tested on it. Ever since I took her class, anytime I see multiples of something, it really piques my curiosity, especially when I find it in scripture. Finding one of these instances will send me on a search for the why. Why? What, what is it, Lord, that you are trying to say through this repetitive reading, this repetitive inclusion? Why is it mentioned so often? I went through this when studying faith several years ago, specifically faith as a grain of mustard seed. And what I found was pretty awe-inspiring and absolutely life-changing. I want to jump right into the word and read Matthew chapter 17, verse 20. When we read that, we find it says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. It's important to understand when we read this that Jesus was talking to his disciples about facing what seems impossible to them, what seems impossible to us in our life, and overcoming those barriers before us, those barriers in our mind. And in these words, he tells them, nothing shall be impossible to you. Write this down if you're taking notes. Um, to think, think about your barriers for a moment. Whatever they might be, maybe it's family, maybe it's money, maybe it's an addiction you're facing, maybe your health, whatever it is. God tells us in this word, within us, we have the power to remove that barrier from our life altogether. These words, they are true and good. We know, or we should know, that every bit of scripture is real and true. Yet still we struggle. We struggle with really receiving the promises that God has included for us. Let's go ahead and let's move on to Luke chapter 17, verse 6. There we find, and the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. In comparison to that mountain, in my mind I see that mountain, and it wins every time. Who has ever seen a mountain moved? No one. No one has ever seen a mountain moved. Trees, on the other hand, that almost can seem a little bit more commonplace in comparison. We see them uprooted by a storm. We see their destruction around us from time to time. 
And it really doesn't seem as monumental to us as that mountain being moved. So why? Why does Jesus talk about that sycamine tree? And and what is the significance of that mustard seed that we find in both of these instances? Before we jump right to the relevance of that sycamine tree, it's important to know that in this parable specifically, Jesus is talking to his disciples about bitterness and unforgiveness. Keep that in mind as we walk through the rest of this study. Researching the sycamine tree, I found the following. This tree, this tree has a deep and intricate root system. Its fruit is extremely bitter. It's not naturally pollinated and its wood used to be preferred for making caskets. So now we've isolated these four interesting facts about the sycamine tree. Now I want to take a moment and let's process these things. Again, remembering Jesus is discussing bitterness and unforgiveness in correlation to this sycamine tree. Let's compare this tree to that same bitterness and forgiveness. The first point I want to drill out or point out to you is that that tree, it had intricate roots. These two things have a way of entering our lives, bitterness and unforgiveness. They enter into our lives and they spread intricately throughout different areas. They take root. We become angry and they can have a way of changing our outlook on life and causing us to be physically and emotionally drained as they begin to work and to weave their way all throughout our being just like the roots of that tree, so intricately intertwined. The second point I brought out is that the fruit of this tree is extremely bitter. A person eating this fruit, they have to take those little itty bitty bites and it has to be consumed slowly due to the level of bitterness that you find there. To this point, I wanna pose a question to us something to really think about on your own, to jot down in that notebook. How are we when we are bitter and unforgiving? Maybe better yet, that's a question that we should ask our families or our friends. Do people really want to be around us when we're demonstrating characteristics of a bitter person or an unforgiving person? Or are we a lot like a person trying to eat that fruit. People can only be around us in small doses because our bitterness is just too much to take. Yeah, if we're honest with ourselves, the level of bitterness and unforgiveness in our life, it can drive the ones that we love, the ones that we're closest to away, and they may not want to spend time with us. So many different reasons that that bitterness, that sting can take place. We were wronged in one way or another. The fourth characteristic of this tree that I brought out is the sycamine's tree, that wood, was preferred for making caskets. It was used to carry someone to their grave. We already mentioned the toll bitterness and unforgiveness take on our physical and emotional health. It really can cause our bodies to be physically sick. Our mind can be consumed. It can lead us into a place of depression. And those things just have a way of leading us down to this unhealthy state physically and emotionally. 
And it really can hurt us and take us to that place of death just the same. And let us also be reminded of what God has to say about forgiveness. We cannot be forgiven by him until we forgive those who have hurt us first. We cannot receive the gift of eternal life with unforgiveness in our heart. Right? We want that forgiveness of Jesus. But whenever it comes to forgiving the one that hurt us so badly, we balk at that sometimes or we give ourselves permission for that lack of forgiveness. But Jesus is telling us, no, you cannot receive that gift of eternal life if you have unforgiveness in your heart. He takes it seriously. We need to take it seriously. And that sick of minds would and pre- Um, Its preference to be used for caskets is a reminder of how much emphasis God places on our need to forgive those that are around us, those that have wronged us. These two beautiful parables, they're they're beautiful. We have the one discussing overcoming the barriers and impossibilities we face, and the other talking about removing bitterness and unforgiveness from our life. Both of these are completely different scenarios, yet they possess the same mustard seed. So I want to draw our attention to that mustard seed. Why is that mustard seed mentioned twice? It must be important. What's the why behind that? Jesus tells us in both of these instances, if we have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Let's process that mustard seed a little bit. The mustard seed, it ranks among one of the world's tiniest seeds. It's a seed that to the naked eye looks like a mere speck of dirt. Yet yet within itself, it contains everything it needs. Everything it needs to develop into a mighty tree that has the ability to stand up to 12 to 20 feet tall and stretch from 6 to 20 feet wide if it is planted in the right conditions. It's really amazing to think about and really try to wrap our brain around, really. How on earth can something that small that can be mistaken for a speck of dirt ever transform into something that large? Yet that's exactly how God works. We see it time and time again as we dig into his word. We read consistently of instances when he's taken the insignificant and made it significant the weakest and made it the strongest, the worthless and deemed it worthy. Just to name a few, we think about David, we think about Rahab, we think about Leah, we think about Saul, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on. The fact that he takes this itty bitty seed and transforms it to something so large and so solid should really not surprise us. Yet when he compares it to our faith, it has a way of shocking us and perplexing us And we start to think or say, how am I ever going to get that mountain to move? Or we start to pray, Lord, do you know how hard this is? Do you know that I am not qualified for this? Do you know the problem that I face? Or, Jesus, do you know how I feel inside? Do you know? Or we might be praying, Lord, do you know the evil that is in that other person? They are so hateful. They are so mean. I cannot forgive them. They have hurt my family. They have done the unthinkable. 
these things, according to these finite minds that we have, are indeed impossible. Yet, when God steps in, our human pretenses, they are completely shattered and impossible becomes possible. Let's go back to that list we called out. David, he slayed Goliath. Rahab, she hid the spies. Saul became a became Paul, a Christ hater, became a Christ lover, spreading the gospel everywhere he could, even to the point of his death. The limited becomes limitless. Leah, scripture tells us she was tender-eyed, which is a kind way of saying that she was ugly. Forgive me, but that is what that means. Her husband, he didn't even want her. Yet, God didn't see her for her outward beauty. He saw her inner makings that he had made her wonderful and complex. And what he saw within her, he called worthy, and he placed her in the lineage of Jesus Christ. Just like the situation. God, he desires to do that same work in all of us. And all he asks of us is to muster this eensy-weensy little bit of courage. Only the slightest amount of faith. And that's all it takes to remove that situation of impossibility and bitterness and unforgiveness in our heart. And that activates this seed to grow and to grow and to grow and to grow. There's this other place in scripture that Jesus, he discusses this mustard seed. He says in Matthew chapter 13, verse 31, he says, the scripture says, Jesus told the crowd another story. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Someone took the seed and planted it in a field. It is the smallest of all your seeds, but when it grows, it is the largest of all garden plants. It becomes a tree. Birds come and rest in its branches. A word is planted and the kingdom of God advances and begins to grow. At the age of 20, my mustard seed was activated as I sat in silence on a pew of a little church in a small town during a communion service. At that moment, I was standing at this crossroads in my life. I was desperate for something. In that moment, I looked up to the ceiling at this beautiful light that had a cross on it. And I prayed to God. I said, Lord, if you really are real, I need to know. I need you to rock my world. It was absolutely not a beautiful prayer, and it was not long. And according to some, it probably wasn't even proper. But those were the words that I I spoke in my mind. And that was the prayer I prayed. And that is what sent my mustard seed into growth. See, within a week of uttering that prayer, God did what I asked him to do. He completely rocked my world when my brother and my sister-in-law invited me to a Bible study. It was during that study that God opened my eyes to his reality. The fact that I could live my life experiencing him, he blew my mind at that moment. And it it didn't stop there. Just as the mustard seed, it needs nourishment to continue its growth into that mighty tree. God realizes that our faith needs nourishment. He's telling us our faith needs nourishment. And as long as we keep mustering up that courage to put our faith in him, he continues to reveal himself. 
And that serves as our nourishment to continue growing. And day by day, we grow just a little bit more until we too are standing just like that tree that stands 12 to 20 feet tall and 6 to 20 feet wide. And we too are unshakable, immovable in our faith and the trust in the one who has never, ever, ever failed us. But all of that, all of this requires something of us. God, he does not force himself on anyone. We have choice and we have to activate that choice if we want this faith, if we want to overcome the impossibilities, bitterness, unforgiveness in our lives, we have to choose him. And choosing him requires us to spend time reading his word and praying. Right now, I want to share with you, I want to share five verses that God has given to me about praying about bitterness and unforgiveness. Scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Guys, it is an intimate relationship with our Father that he desires. James chapter 5, verse 16 tells us, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Friends, find yourself a confidant, someone that you can confide in. Confess your sins and pray for each other. Find yourself a prayer partner. You will not regret it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Pray continually. You pray over that bitterness. You pray over that unforgiveness until that is gone, even if it takes years. And even after that is gone, that moment it pops into your mind again, you pray over it again and you get it out. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7 tells us, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And the last verse I want to share with you is 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Friend, it is not God's will for you to be bitter or unforgiving. So when we go to him in, in prayer, we can sit there, we can bow before him in confidence, knowing that he, it is his will for those feelings to rid themselves from us, to uproot that sycamine tree from our life. He chooses. He will hear those prayers, and it is his will to help us get those things from our lives. These are just a few of the many scriptures discussing prayer. Prayer is this simple act that leads to incredible results, unimaginable results. It's probably a better word. This simple act that the devil, he fights us tooth and nail trying to keep us from doing it. Have you ever noticed how when we pray, sometimes we struggle? We struggle with honest and transparent 
prayers before God. Why, why is this the case? He knows all, he sees all, but we do it. And we have to force ourselves to say honest things to him. Or maybe our five-minute prayer feels like we're running a marathon. Or we, in that moment of prayer, we remember all of the things that we need to do on our to-do list for the day. And actually, at that point, develop this desire to do laundry that we haven't done all week or mop the floors that haven't been mopped in maybe three months. These are all really purposeful distractions that are used by the devil. He wants to steal our focus because he knows the power that lies in our communication with our Savior, and he wants nothing but to put a stop to it by stealing our focus so that our mustard seed faith doesn't get the opportunity to grow, and that barriers that we've allowed to be built in our lives, that they can remain, and that that bitterness and unforgiveness can continue to spread devastatingly throughout our body, and we never fully realize the power of God in our life. Friends, it is our job to acknowledge this is a device. It is our decision to rise up and take a stand against it. And it's our responsibility to choose him, to choose Jesus. And when we do, imagine that mustard seed, it is active. Imagine those mountains starting to move and those sycamine trees being uprooted and not just uprooted, but those things are cast into the sea and the kingdom of God advances. Today, as you see those mountains of impossibility, your mind thinks about those mountains of impossibility and you feel bitterness and unforgiveness of that sycamine tree rooting itself, spreading within you. Remember, all that is required of you is that little speck of faith. So start your day, remind yourself of this today as you go about what you need to do today. It's a choice, friends. It's a choice, and we need to keep choosing Jesus. Hey, guys, you just listened to another episode of the She Chooses podcast. So what was the point of this episode? Why did you just spend 30 minutes listening to this message? What are your takeaways? What's the why behind it all? Well, here's the point of the episode where we take some time just to recap what those takeaways are, things that we can do to really apply what we went over today. The first thing you can take note of that we need to understand is whether or not our bitterness is due to a lack of unforgiveness in our life. If if so, you've got to understand we have got to handle that now. Jesus is very clear. If we do not forgive, he can't forgive us. There is no loophole around it, no matter how much we justify in our minds that it's okay for us to have this one instance of unforgiveness. Scripture is clear. He never lies. He goes against his character. He can't do it. He cannot go against what his word says. So we've got to get to that place where we're ready to understand that At some point, we have to release this and allow ourselves to forgive. The second point I want to walk away with today is bitterness and unforgiveness truly are hurting you. We saw that very clearly when we compared the sycamine to what happens inside of us 
when they do, these things take root within us. The third point I want to make sure that we're walking away with today is the power of the speck of faith, that mustard seed faith, and how our willingness to activate it can and will drastically change your life, taking your life to a level that God will use it. Just like that mustard seed, it grows to that place where birds come to find rest in its branches. You, my dear, you will be a vessel that God can use, drawing people just like you, those who have faced the same sorts of battles, as a source of rest and strength as they find their own courage to activate their mustard seed. So what are we going to do today? We're going to take these feelings, any feelings of bitterness, unforgiveness, any of it, and we're going to pray. You're going to pray day in and day out until those feelings have changed. Let me tell you, take a second to testify to you that I've had some instances where I did not want to forgive people that had hurt me. And it is by God and God alone that I can tell you through prayer and honestly telling God directly, I do not like this person. There is no way I could ever forgive them for what they have done. But I know because of what your word says that I have to do it. It is only by that that God has changed my heart in these circumstances and given me a love that flows without end, where I genuinely love these people to a point of overflowing. And I testify to you today that if God did it for me, he will certainly do it for you. So take these things with you today, ponder them, process them, pack them, unpack them, and really look to see how can you apply this, because I promise you, these things are a game changer.